Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to episode 216 of Dude and a Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Noring, hello. Uh, and this week we have a, another double review week, um, plus a, a bumper what we've been watching, because we didn't actually um, get to any last week, uh, plus a little bit of Twin Peaks catch-up, because we've got a couple of episodes to catch up on there. But our main reviews are War for the Planet of the Apes, the... Um, I, I mean, is there going to be more after this, or is it this this closing off this part of it? They, I'm not sure. They, they want to do more, but I, you know, I think it's going to be a different creative team. Yes, that, that it, it seems like that. That's the that's the idea. Um, and we're also going to cover uh, Sofia Coppola's uh, new film, The Beguiled, as well. Uh, like I said, we've also got Bumper, what we've been watching, the usual tangents, trailers, and all sorts of bits. Um, Ian, how are you? Uh, I'm 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 more than happy to talk movies for a couple of hours. Nice, me too. I don't I, I don't make me talk about pensions. Right. <laughs> I, I I will not unless we unless we watch a film. I have watched a film about the pension system or anything like that. Then I don't think pensions need to come up. No, I don't think it's going to worry anybody in any of the movies we watched. I got a promotion a couple of weeks back, and I'm not. I I I'm glad I have it. It's been a jump. Yes. It, an adjustment. Mm. Yeah. They always are, but... Um, so, yeah, uh, has anything happened? A few things have actually happened, I think, haven't they, since we last recorded. We sadly lost a um, a, a, a great genre director in Giorgio Romero. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sad that he didn't get to... He didn't get to make a film which was really truly satisfying in his last couple. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the less said about Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead, the better, I think. Yeah. Um, Land of the Dead was good. So. Yeah, I, I enjoyed Land of the Dead. I thought it was it was it was perfect entertaining. Mm. Um, but. It, it is. It is one of those ones where it, it, it's. He was an absolute titan, and mm. it's sad that he's gone. It's not. It doesn't feel like a he went before his time situation. No, he, he when he was seventy one. You know that's. So, oh, not, was he only seventy one? I think so. Am I, am I completely missing that? No, he wasn't. He was older than that, wasn't he? Because to be fair, he's looked older than that. Seventy-seven, he was. Okay, all right, yeah. So he's he was getting up there. It would have been nice if he had another ten years in him. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I, I, God, I sound so facetious when I say that. But it just—it's very, very sad. The guy's going to be remembered for fucking for as long as horror films are around. Mm. Um, and yeah, like uh, I hope his family are okay. Well, yeah, we covered, we did a marathon of his films um, quite early on, I think, in the the podcast where we all covered. Still available. Yeah, all still available. Absolutely, yeah. Where we covered, I think, the Crazies, Martin, Night Riders, Monkey Shines, and the Dark Half. Did we do? I think we, I think we did do the Dark Half. Yeah, I'm pretty fucking sure we did the Dark Half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one with Timothy Hutton, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. We did the dark half. Um, so yeah, so it, it's you know very sad for all, but you know a a true kind of huge 
uh, influential director. Um, anything else happened in the wonderful world of, of movies other than other than people just getting angry about stuff? I, I just want to very quickly talk about the Patreon. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, cool. Patreon.com forward slash Dude and a Monkey. Thank you very much to Steve Dixon for being the first patron. Steve, you can have used copies of Interstellar, Dawn for the Planet of the Apes, or Arrival on Blu-ray. DM me what you want, and you're getting one of them. If you want any of them. <laughs> um, so there you go. That I didn't say anything about that, but, you know good on him um three dollars a month it will get you at least four extra podcasts a month yep uh there's and also steve being the first patron i think it's only right that he get the first pick of commentary track yeah um so steve let us know what you want us to do um if you want to make us suffer or or (laughs) just something you want us to talk about whatever you want we'll do it yeah um, so there's going to be a bi-weekly uh, 4K show by me um, yep. and hopefully guests but we'll see how that goes um, Mark is going to do a show yeah which will be the same bi-weekly um, I'm not entirely sure I've got a few ideas but I'm not entirely sure uh, of what it's going to be on yet but uh, there will be something and I'll, I'll try and make it good entertaining and um, yeah worthwhile <laughs> yes um why are we doing it? Um, podcast and site hosting fees are a thing which are just increasing in the world in which we live. Um, the podcast site uh, site hosting, it enables us to have all the shows available for download mm. um, with what I believe is unlimited bandwidth, um, so we don't have to be careful about that. Um also, it would be nice. I mean, also, I mean, like it, it, the way it works is I pay for the podcast hosting, Mark pays for the site hosting. Um, so yeah, the the podcast hosting is two hundred and forty dollars a year, um, which I I can afford uh, to an extent, but with the site hosting as well, it would be nice if we didn't have to pay out towards that as much as we did already also would like better recording equipment if i'm being absolutely honest um i use a mic that cost me about a tenner and i think that probably shows in in the quality of the audio um and frankly it would be nice if mark and i could get together to do some more in-person recordings which I think creates a better dynamic, frankly, um, instead of like talking over Skype, which is fine. But I think in person, and also if we were doing in-person stuff, I think Noel would probably get involved in that as well, yeah. um, and potentially others. So it's not... The thing is, it's not that we're going to be suddenly gating off content that people were getting for free already. No, the the the, the paying it forward um, this show and uh, damn you football will remain um, free. Yeah, um, uh, damn games is is not going ahead, which is it, which is my decision, and I want to thank Andrew for being so understanding about it. Um, it's nothing to do with Andrew. Um, it's just the first episode not bloody recording was an omen. 
coupled with the fact that I don't feel like I would be able to produce a decent enough show, to be honest. I think Andrew would. I don't think I would. Um, so, yeah, but damn you football, play, uh, paying it forward, and this show will always be on this feed, um, you know, as long as the, the hosting fees don't get fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so there you go. And also, I mean, paying for the site, I genuinely don't know how much the site costs. I'm not going to ask Mark to say. It, 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 it's, it, it's pretty much the same, to be honest, as the, what is it? Yeah, there you go. So, it, you know, and we do want to do more on the site. I literally wrote my first piece in a while and put it up this week. Um, and I know Mark's wanting to do more writing as well. So Yeah, I want to get back in, back in the groove. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So... It's not. We're not going to go on our hands and knees. Um, we're not going to beg people. But if people want extra content and want to say you're doing a good job, cheers. Three dollars a month. You know, it's. I don't feel that that is asking too much for the amount of extra content we would be providing. Um, and it would help the both of us out, and would hopefully make the show better. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash dude and a monkey. Uh, please do uh, check it out if you uh, so desire. Absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Cool. Uh, right. Uh, so we'll crack in. Uh, trailers. Uh, what trailers have you watched this uh, week? Ian? So, yeah, man. I watched. Um, I watched a few like today. Actually, just kind of catching up. So um, Joseph, uh, Joseph Kaczynski's got a new one. Um, yeah. Which I can't remember the name of but it's about firefighters only the brave it's only the, which is as generic a title for a firefighters film as i think you could possibly get it is a little bit isn't it yeah um looks like it will be visually interesting not too sure how interesting it's going to be narratively um yeah. but yeah did you see this yeah i did yeah it, i i have a feeling it is a Bad trailer for what could be a good movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm going into that movie going. I have a feeling this is going to be a solid, a solid seven to seven and a half out of ten movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I could go with that. I'm already thinking if I like the look of it, it's going to look great on on 4K. Um, yeah. Like that flaming bear thing, even though it was C, like all well, obviously CG, it's quite an interesting visual. Um and yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. It's a decent cast as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh yeah, you've got James Badge Dale even rocking up in there, don't you? So that's always a good yeah. time. Um Okay, so um Thomas Alfredson's new one, The Snowman. Mm-hmm. Uh which uh is I think maybe based on a novel by Joe Nesbo, Dead Headhunters. I think um, it is, yeah. Yeah. Um I'm all over this. Um you know, it's Scandi, trashy, thriller stuff, uh, which looks like it's kind of like A-grade people doing B-grade material, yeah, rather it, like Finch's Tattoo remake. Yeah, it is. It, it's, it, it absolutely does look like a movie that should have been made in 1998, <laughs> hmm. um, which isn't a problem because I, I, I love those type of movies, so I, I was watching it going, yeah. I'm, I'm all for this. I'm, I'm pumped. If they reuse the feel bad movie of Christmas tagline like Tattoo did, then um, I'd be all over that. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I mean, it just it looks it looks like something I want to watch. 
Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me a little bit of remember the Iceman uh, from a few years ago. Oh, that kind of Yeah, that kind of came and went and disappeared, but was actually quite entertaining. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It kind of looks a little bit like that. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. uh, but it's um, same in Rebecca Ferguson, and it's Fassbender in Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good duo, that is. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I watched the shit out of that. Um, and I watched, yeah, the trailer for The Shape of Water... Yeah. Go on then, what do you reckon on this one? Is Del Toro maybe ever so slightly coasting? Yeah, thorning it in a little bit. Maybe, Does it, maybe, maybe, maybe. It looks a little bit Jean-Pierre Jeanne. Yeah. More than it does Del Toro. Yeah, I... It's... It looked too clean. That's a good... That's... Yes... Yes, like Crimson Peak, the production design was all fucking decaying and... Yeah, and, you know, so was, in the same way, so was um, like Devil's Backbone and Pound and, you could even argue, um, Kronos and, um, what's the name, uh, the Hellboy movies, are, 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 yeah. you know, they have that. Mm-hmm. This just feels a little bit too setty, but lived in. Everything's a little bit too nicely pressed and all because pop. It just it looks a little bit. I don't know. Like there's something. I I it, you know it, I I didn't get on with Crimson Peak, but the trailer did make me go. Ooh yes, this makes me go. It, just, I, I was thinking all the way through it. I'm sure Del Toro directs this. This isn't just one of his like throws his name to production of it, is it? Should we direct? Oh, he does direct it. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's... Um, I don't know. I mean, I like the fact that he's obviously still doing his own thing and, you know, Del Toro is not going to make a film unless he wants to make it. No. Um, and, you know, the, the, the thing I put up on the site this week about, like, watching trailers and maybe I should, shouldn't watch trailers because my conception of a film after watching the trailer is obviously going to be in my head going into into the film. It's kind of impossible to um, uh, ignore the marketing completely if you've seen it. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It just looks like, okay, so she's going to form a platonic bond with this fish man and Michael Shannon's going to be the bad guy wanting to destroy the fish man for some reason and then she's going to, like team up with the fish man and then they'll both probably die in the end yeah it does yeah it does seem a little bit like you not not that the trailer gives away everything but just the, the story just gives away itself mm, yeah it, it's um yeah i'm i'm not i'm not feeling it and i that's the first time with del toro in a in a long long time um <laughs> I, 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 I think I had, it, yeah, yeah I, I'll happily, I'll happily watch it, and, I, and you know, the, there's all likelihood that we'll be glaringly wrong because it is only a fucking trailer. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, exactly, yeah. But I think had had Crimson Peak been a lot better, I wouldn't be as meh about it. But the fact that Crimson Peak was a bit pants, and I've not rewatched Crimson Peak, I, I might enjoy it more on second watch. I enjoyed it more on rewatch. That's that's quite promising though, um, but it just it, it seems a little bit from there to this, and there's no there's no fanfare with this. No one's excited about it. It's it, just kind yeah. of happening. 
Yeah, that, that's that's a really good point, actually. It The trailer dropped, and you would think that for a Del Toro film, that would be kind of like film Twitter catnip. But yeah. it seems like everybody's into being anti-Dunkirk 70mm, like, for some reason. Oh, fuck, yeah. So, yeah, don't, don't get me started on that. But what I will say is, do you think, right, uh, just throwing it out there, do you think that if this was in... Spanish, exactly the same trailer, <laughs> but in Spanish, do you think people would be getting all fucking panties in a lot about it? I don't, like, this I don't, is amazing. I don't know because people like Sally Hawkins and Michael Shannon. Is it, is it a fair point? Yeah. You know, so yeah, and I want to see Sally Hawkins like break out really, really big. You know, like she she kind of had a moment around the time of Happy Go Lucky, and it it kind of felt like that faded, even though. I think it's because she does what she wants to do. Um, yeah. She doesn't seem like she's chasing stardom, which is great. Um, no, she, I, don't, I don't think she is. She is at all. I, I remember one of the. I remember the first thing that I properly noticed Sally Hawkins in was um, she did one of the CBB Storytime things, and I was watching it with Izzy when Izzy was about sort of two, three years old, mm. and Sally Hawkins was doing it, and I was just watching it, just going, "This is fucking brilliant." And then at the media, I was like sure I recognise that from something and then it was about two three weeks later that I was um, flicking through DVDs and the way me and Becky used to choose DVDs one of us would go and pull a load out and then we'd sort of knock it down from there and one of them was happy go lucky and I pulled out and went oh, fucking hell it's, it's the woman from the thing and I realised it was Sally Hawkins nice um, no yeah I mean I I don't know it's a good cast Despite doing the scores promising, you know, yeah. it, it, like you say though, it just doesn't feel like there's much heat. Um, and I think that kind of extends to uh, a wrinkle in time as well. Uh, yeah, so I watched the trailer for that as well, actually. Yeah, it, it just it 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 kind of looks like a film I want to see. Yeah, it, it, that's it. I'm a little bit like that. I watched it going, I want to see it. But maybe because I want to see it because it's got Chris Pine in it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very very up for seeing what Ava DuVernay can do with a big budget. Um, yeah, I'm really really up for that. But it weirds me out that, that it has the Disney a wrinkle in time thing on it. Um, I don't know, like, because the thing is, I mean, Disney with their live action stuff, they apart from their like remakes of fairy tales they've not really been hitting it of late um you know i mean like the lone ranger and tomorrowland and john carter you know it, it just it's it's not been quite there and i i worry that this isn't either because it doesn't particularly look like it's for kids and mm -hmm. it doesn't particularly look like it's for adults i don't really know who it's for other than people who are interested in Ava DuVernay and who like the source material. And, yeah, and, which, and I'm which, sure that's not a four-quadrant thing. I'm, it, it, you know, it, it just it isn't. Yeah, which is why I think they're pitching it in the same kind of categories as things like The Jungle Book and Aladdin and Pete's Dragon and things like that, is I think to try and to try and get people um, on the bandwagon of almost this being these been franchises that have no like a franchise that has no link and getting into like the i think disney are looking at and going right 
these are what we're going to use as like the new Harry Potters alongside everything. You know, we're going to... Disney is amazing. They're literally covering everything at the moment with Star Wars and Marvel and this now. They're, they've become they've become an absolute fucking monster force again. Um, and I think that they're trying to get it so that every fucking Disney movie just makes money. Well, yeah, no, quite. And I, 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 I wish it branding. Well. I definitely wish it well, but I'm just I'm not entirely sure about it. Mm. Um, even though looking at Pete's Dragon, I mean, 143 million worldwide off of a 65 million budget. Yeah, it just about made money. Mm. Fucking Pete's Dragon's great. It's great. Um, yeah. It's it's. Oh, it's fucking brilliant! I, and I, I really need to watch that. So I watched the first twenty-five minutes, twenty minutes of it the other day um, before I had to go out because the um, we've 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 Beck's become one of those people with the dog where she puts the fucking TV on to keep the dog company, which drives me fucking mad. But she does it, uh, and he, 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 the thing that seems to keep him the calmest is the Disney Channel. We've tried Sky Sports, and he gets bored and fucking just starts pulling cushions off things. But if he's got a Disney Channel on, he's all right. Um, which is really fucking weird. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, Pete's Dragon was on before I was going out, and I was watching it going, this is fucking great. I kind of wish I was watching this. I kind of, I kind of, I, I, but I was like, I don't know what, it's there on Sky, on on demand, I can watch it like any time, I need to fucking watch it. You should do that shit, it's fun. I mean, like, the, the climax gets slightly kid film, but mm. the emotional shit is well earned. Um, yeah, it's good for it. Um, Fucking David Lowry, man, like a ghost story. I'm very, very, very excited for that fucking film. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, anything for you? Um, final couple, I would say, is ooh, the disaster artist. Oh fuck yeah! Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, uh, yes, please. Yeah, I'm. I'm very up for it. I'm, I am. I am. I'm up for the movie. I'm irked by the fact that it will again fucking stir up people going on about the fucking room because it it's a terrible fucking movie and I, I i i get i get that people like it in a cult status kind of way i just don't think it fucking deserves it i don't know okay we should have a discussion about the room i i i, I genuinely i i i've watched it a couple of times and gone this is just shit. It's not even fun shit. It's just shit. Why do people think this is great? It, it just There's so much great movies out there you could watch that are shit. This isn't one of them. But I'm looking forward to them kind of unravelling the ridiculousness of it all. And I'm glad that it's, it's, it's these guys doing it. <laughs> That's It's going to be... It's going to be amusing. Yeah. Totally. I want to see Franco direct a film and it make money. Yeah, yeah, good point, actually, yeah. Whether or not this will or not, though, who knows? Mm. It might be a little bit too niche. Yeah, maybe, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, fuck, man. Like, Donna's oh. up for watching it, and Donna doesn't is not a, really a film fan, but she's seen The Room, um, and which is really weird, actually. Um, yeah. But, yeah, she's well up for this. We watched this on the, on, on the train um, back from dinner um, last night, and... Just a, a very good minute and a half. Mm. Uh, the one we're forgetting is the uh, second trailer for Blade Runner. Fucking hell! Who am I? <laughs> and you, yeah, and that, yeah, 
Fuck, this film looks stunning. Dude, like... Jesus fucking Christ. I want... I Like, I, do, I, I don't want to watch any more marketing now. I really hope there's not another trailer. Because I will watch be. it, and I don't there want to. There will be. But this, it, this does seem like it's the one that's going... Right, the first one was the was the teasing you with, look, it's another Blade Runner movie. It is another Blade Runner movie. This one's teasing you going, but this one's got a, got shit to say. Mm. And it's like, oh, right, okay. This looks fucking, this looks a little bit bigger than I was expecting. There's a lot more going on than I was expecting. Uh, absolute faith in villain of whatever, right. whatever he's fucking, like, throwing up in the air I'm catching. I'm uh, all for it. Yeah, absolutely. The guys, well, the, the guys, not disappointing me yet, um, and it looks fucking stunning. Is it? Who's? Is it? Is it Deacon's directing? Yeah. Uh, D- D- uh, yeah. 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 Because it was. Um, was it Bradford Young that did um, Arrival? Yeah. Arrival. Because yeah. Deacon's was doing something else. Oh fuck! What the fuck was he doing? He got. He, I'm swear he got nominated for an Oscar again. Uh, it was a big. It was a, it was a big. It was a big gig, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. But yeah, yeah, no. But it was Bradford Young. But he's he's gone. Stevenson. You know, Johan uh, Johansson doing the score, and yeah. he's already said that he is. He, he can't not do some Vangelis type stuff, mm. which is fine. Yeah, it makes sense. It it doesn't. It it, it definitely feels like they've they've. But they're trying. They're not just trying to base this upon nostalgia. They're trying to go deeper into this world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Know. I mean, like I, I was reading it um, in Empire the other day, um, and the thing is, a lot of the time, interviews with actors and stuff, you kind of like take with a pinch of salt. But Ford said, like, this is the best script that's been sent to me in like twenty five years or something like that. And Ford looks like he gives a shit. Yeah, that's that's it. If Ford is actually saying something like that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I believe him. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Cause he, he's, don't get me wrong. Ford looked like he was enjoying himself with the, the new Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think he didn't give a shit about that. I think he was very much. Do you know what? I'm glad to be part of this again. Isn't this fun? Whereas he, he quite, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if it, when they went, when they sort of pitched his phone and said, "Look, we're going to do a new Blade Runner movie," he went, "Not doing it." And he was just sat home with Flockhart, going, "Not fucking doing it. Can't be fucked. Not going to fucking do it." Then read the scripts and went, "All right, I'm in." <laughs> that seems a little bit like kind of what's happened. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, that's the thing. He's not going to do it unless he wants to do it. Yeah. Ford doesn't have to do it. He's, you know, I'm sure they've paid him well, but you know, he gets to play with Ryan Gosling and maybe Jared Leto, and you know, gets to work with Villeneuve, and it's a story he's interested in, and you know, he's friends with Ridley Scott again. It's like fucking brilliant, fine, and you know, if they kill off Decker, Deckard, then fine, you know. Um, I, I, let's let's just see what happens. October, man. It's not that far away. It's not that far away. It's that, really not. Like, October, it's less than three months this film's out. So October's becoming a real fucking, a really good month for movies as well every year. It's one of those months like you look forward to and go, do you know what? It's the stuff that maybe should be considered for Oscars, but isn't an Oscar baity type movie. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what gets released in October nowadays. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
I think it's early October as well. But yeah, no, all over it should be um, should be good. Cool. So at the first of our feature uh, reviews, uh, I, I assume we're going to do War of the Planet of the Apes first. Well, we are. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> I, we did, we, this is it. This is the kind of fucking production value you get for your three fucking dollars a month. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, War of the Planet of the Apes um, directed by Matt Reeves uh, written by Matt Reeves and uh, Matt Bombach what a fucking great name that That's is Matt name. Bombach um, sees uh, Andy Serkis return to the role of Caesar uh, Woody Harrelson's also there Steve Zahn joins the um, the fucking black suit with little fucking white dots on it but creates magic through that um, it's set 15 years after uh, the first movie, I believe. The um, it, it says at the beginning of the movie, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, where essentially that we've had this simian flu has, has come through um, and has wiped out a large population of the the humans on the planet, uh, and the the apes and the humans are very much within. You know, they're very much entrenched within this war that Cobra started. Um, Caesar. Is at pains to say that he didn't start this one. He doesn't want it. He just wants apes to be left to do their things, and essentially wants them to be left in the forest. If they can have the forest, that's it. That's how we coexist uh, with them. Woody Harrelson um, plays uh, Colonel the Colonel. I think he's just called. I think he's ever called anything else. Is he? Um, who is a bit of a a bit of a Colonel Kurtz kind of character, isn't he? Um, who is leading? A, a battalion of um, soldiers out to rid the the planet of these apes. <laughs> We're going to say planet and apes a lot during this, uh, I think. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll get more into to plot as we as we go along uh, from there. But remember, guys, we are all spoilers all the time, and there there is spoilers within this. And um, Ian, this is massively fucking in your wheelhouse. Um, so. <laughs> How much did you enjoy War for the Planet of the Apes? Yeah, so massively in my wheelhouse, yes, even though I've been saying for weeks now that I was worried about the film, um, given the fact that the trailers were painting it as some fucking depressing, dank, grim, oh, fucking hell, they're going to be trudging through snow for two hours thing. And no, it's a rip-roaring ride of revenge. Um, And then... Keep the weird, over at the end. Yeah, the weird thing is, it, it is exactly what you just said, but the absolute best version of what you just said. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, it, 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 it kind of is. Um, I think the marketing for the film just struck a weird, this is not going to be a good time vibe. Um, yeah. Which I really, really took against. Um but this film is fucking brilliant. Um, it's, I think it's one of the most astounding visual effects pieces you will ever see. The there's a, there's, there's, there's a moment in very early in the movie where I think I um, I, I kind of went. Hang on a minute. Am I fucking watching this? <laughs> this is insane. And it, it, it's 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 not a battle scene or anything like that. It, it's a scene in the where they go under the waterfall into the where the apes have kind of made home. Yeah. And there's all these children apes kind of like running around, everything running around, and you're looking at it, and you're looking at what essentially is is an ape 
but you know, you, you don't ever think about it, but you're looking going, hang on a minute, that's fucking Andy Serkis, this, this just this doesn't make sense. I am so on, it, it, this is just an eight walking. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. fucking madness. <laughs> and I mean, the, the thing is, it's like they shot the film like fully shot the film with the actors and stuff like that, and then and mm. then did the did the CG after. But it's like they haven't made any compromises for the fact that it, it they're going to have to do CG. So I mean, like there's shots like I, I I in my mind's eye there's a sequence. I think it might be talking to Bad Ape where it's like Caesar face on and then kind yeah. of like bad ape kind of to the right like his shoulder but like kind of out of focus and it's like you are just watching this conversation between two people but yeah. it's not it's two cg apes talking to each other but it may as well be andy circus in the best fucking makeup you've ever seen like mm. the the uncanny valley thing is pretty much non-existent throughout massive chunks of this film. The only times I ever got a bit, yeah, okay, this is CG, is when they're like kind of like moving around fast. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of moments where I where where it, it, I did go. It, 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 it wasn't enough to pull me out of it, but I noticed it. Is what I'll say. Yeah, but I mean, the the because the thing is, I mean, obviously, I watched Rise and Dawn like leading up to it, and Rise in moments in the start when they're in the jungle, it looks fucking photoreal. It looks like you're watching a documentary, but then it's there are moments in the film where it, it still looks incredible, but it is it, there there are moments of softness there. Dawn looks fantastic. Mm. It still it still holds up three years in. This just it just looks like they are there. Yeah, that they're, they're there, you know, and it, it's mental. I, I I can't get the and the thing is because of that, it further makes the the narrative and emotional beats just work even more than they would because. It, it's like they're there. You, like, it, it's almost like you'd expect to be able to actually fucking stroke them if you reached your hand into the screen, and not because it's in three D. I didn't watch it in three D, but I, it, it's so they're so viscerally there. Uh, mm. I, I, it's astounding. But the story it's telling as well is this fucking heartbreaking look at a leader of people like just indulging his worse self and getting and 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 and, and, and just realizing how fucked he's made everybody else and the journey that Caesar goes through i it's it's amazing and i the thing is just going in you know right Caesar's fucking family are going to die yeah. um and I mean, I'm I'm glad the little one didn't. Um, I needed him to have something. I needed him to have something. That's that's the weird thing there, man. Like I wouldn't have been able to take it if Cornelius died as well. I get I, what you mean. Yeah. I, I genuine, I genuinely wouldn't have been able to handle it. 
And I was so fucking wrapped up in Caesar's emotional journey in this film. And the thing is, Dawn doesn't work for me as much. And I think, to be honest, I think I know why. And it's because of Jason Clarke, Kerry Russell and Cody Smith-McPhee. But this, it's Caesar. It's Caesar and Maurice and um, Bad Ape and Rocket and, and just all of them. And by the end, if I cried at films, I properly teared up. And if I was the kind of person who cried at films, I would have been a fucking mess. It, it's one thing I, 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 beautiful. I, it's beautiful. Sorry, it is. Yeah, it is one. I think the thing that I really, really liked about it was the the, the complete lack of humans in it. It, it. There's virtually, you know, we spend virtually no time with the humans. I don't think we spend any time, with the exception of the opening minute, with humans where it, where there isn't apes there. I could see that, yeah, yeah. Um, um, at least, I mean, like, they're in cages around when they're, like, doing the morning fucking, um, like, like uh, you know, when Harrison's, like, shaving his fucking head and stuff yeah. like that. Like, they're, they're still there. But, yeah, no, no, absolutely, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's no, there's no bit where you get Harrison talking to his troops in a room completely separated from, from the apes. It very much this is very much their movie and I think that's been that was um but yeah you're right it's it, it's a revenge movie. It gets in and steps out its stall very, very quickly. It's also soon a bit hours long. I don't think it ever feels like it's it's outstanding it's welcome mm-hmm. on there's a bit that you could go could maybe do without that bit. Um it, it, it's a very it, it, it earns um it, it, it's two hours 20 minutes um part of the two hours 20 minutes i think a large part of it is the you know there's a that's that's including credits i think it, there's a good sort of 15 minutes of credits it's almost like that thing where one of the lord of the rings had like 17 minutes of credits sure. or something and saying like that it's a little bit like that but then again you've got a lot of people working behind the scenes in this movie um but also as well even the the whole the whole battle um, that 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 you're expecting between um, Caesar and the Colonel, it, it never kind of happens. The actual the battle itself is it isn't for that. It isn't for humanity or anything like that. It, it is literally Caesar almost battling himself in the sense of he's he's kind of become the thing that he was against, and he's very well aware of it. But it's almost him accepting that he's maybe he's taken the worst fucking uh, parts of humanity um, to push him to these extremes he knows he's wrong it's why he wanted to do it on his own um, going out there chasing down Woody Harrelson in, in that vengeful way and he knows that it, 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 in all likelihood is it's going to kill him um, but it takes from there I think it's it, it's a very bleak movie. It's a very, very bleak movie while you're watching it. Um, it, it, it it's, it's, it's insane that it's only a 12, but some of the actual the, the level of violence that is in this movie is, is, is quite something. Um, but then you've got... There were a few moments where I actually... I, I actually laughed. There was one moment where I properly laughed out loud. Um, and there was a couple of chuckle moments uh, within it as well. And like you were saying there, it, 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 it very much is they've they've let the actors be the actors mm-hmm. uh, within it. You know, 
Steve Zahn's character is a Steve Zahn character. Yeah. It's not just Steve Zahn's voice. It's got the mannerisms and things from that, you know, and that's key very early on uh, where it, we've got the first interaction uh, with Bad Ape and he runs off and off screen he falls over yeah. and goes, I'm all right. That's a Steve Zahn thing. That You can imagine Steve Zahn, if this was just two people, that's what he'd do. And then you've got the, you know, once you realise that he's, he's an ape that's never learned how to become an ape. Um, and so he acts completely different to, to, to the rest of them. He's, he's not a wild ape. Um, and then the bit where they're going off and he take, you know, he's, he's going to go and show them where it is. And then he comes out wearing a fucking gilet and a hat and a pair of boots. Yeah, man. And it's like, he's, he's seen, you know, in the, in the fucking most basic sense of monkey see, monkey do, he's seen that. As, as what you do when you go out, you put your gadget coat on and you put your boots on. Yeah, but he's fucking warmer than the others, though, isn't he? He is, yeah. But it's it's that. But he's also got that level of humanity. The first thing he fucking does is he takes his coat off and points at the little girl and goes, "She's cold. She can't talk to you. She's cold. Mm. Give him my coat." There's that level of of that, and it's there's it, you you kind of you're drawn into um, his it sees his anger. But also in the back of it, you're drawing a, what Maurice is saying and saying, "Do you know what? I want you to get, <laughs> I want you to get to this fucking place as well." And it is you are on their side over over the Woody Harrelsons. It, it's it's pitching you these and saying, "Look, these are the good guys." Um, yeah, yeah. There you go. Have, have these. You know, look at look at fucking what humanity's doing and kind of going. But you know, if this happens, that is what would happen. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 I mean, that that's it, isn't it? And the the fact that there is a, a complete absence of good humans. I mean, the one mm. good one, Nova, she's basically an ape by the end of the film, in all but like what the, like yeah. the type of mammal she actually is. Um, and, and I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like the the guy who he lets go at the start, um, who sees a let's go, you, you like, there's kind of like hintings that maybe he's going to go against the Colonel at some point. And he doesn't, you know, no. and he's the one who kind of strikes the killer blow for, for Caesar. Um, you know, people in this film are fucking horrible. Exactly. I mean, you've, they've you've been driven got... to it, but yeah. they are horrible. Yeah. But you've, you've even got the bit where you've got humans fighting humans as well. Mm. You know, and then they turn around, and the first thing they do is they see Caesar. They, they don't know it's Caesar; they just see an ear. Yeah. And straight away they're gonna kill it. And you know, it, Woody Allison's character actually sets that out and says, "You know, I know what you're thinking, but don't. The only thing they're more afraid of than me is you." Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, the, the the thing is, I mean, the horrible thing is that you know Harrelson's character in terms of humanity's position is right. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, and it's just the fact that you spend so much time with Caesar that you are sympathetic towards Caesar. I mean, like, if the film was from Harrelson's point of view, maybe it would be that you'd be sympathetic towards Harrelson and company. You know, it, it, it just, it's yeah. the, yeah, it, it's it's war. War is completely senseless. And it is, it, it, it I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it seems to, I think it presents that well. And I, I the, the improvement over Dawn as well, I mean, with the human stuff, is the fact that Harrelson is a lot more engaging on screen than Jason Clarke is. Um, yeah. Jason Clarke is a good actor. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think he's a particularly fantastic leading man. Um, no, he, 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 Jason Clarke's a character actor. He's yeah, a very, yeah. very good character actor. And again, he was having a bit of a moment around that time. You know, it he rocked up in, in The Great Gatsby and um, Zero Dark Thirty. And, yeah. You know, so, and that, that's the thing. And, like, this was kind of a lead role. And it's like, when he's on screen and when his family are on screen, it's a bit like, I'd rather just see Caesar and or Cobra. You know, I'd, I'd rather... Or Maurice. I'd rather... Just, I mean, the the best section of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is that opening twenty minutes or so where there are no humans on screen. Yeah, and I think that is, is kind of is where Matt Reeves has, has gone. Do you know what? If this is going to be the the last movie that we're doing, um, maybe not the last movie of the franchise, but it definitely feels like a it, it feels like the end of, the, of this portion. Mm-hmm. This feels like a trilogy, and then there'll be another one. Uh, if there is another one, yeah, I mean, um, if, if if Reeves comes back at all, it would be in like a producer capacity, I think, at this point. Yeah, exactly, and I, I think that the, what they've kind of done there is gone right. We've had two movies. The best bits of the last movie were the eight bits. We, we do you know what? We're telling the story from their point of view. Yeah, cause that's I mean, the, the whole point of the of, of this exercise. Is it's it look. It, we're showing it from their point of view. We're not showing you humanity's eye. We're showing you the ape's eye. Because that, that's the thing. I mean, it is ripe for further stories. Because I mean, they 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 kind of said going in that they don't ever want to actually remake Planet of the Apes. They just want to tell stories that leads up to it. And mm. there's still an awful lot of road to be uh, to be run there. And the fact that you know bad ape shows that there are other apes out there. You've still got the whole story of well, how do apes as a planet kind of decide how to be apes as a planet yeah when does where does the where does ape politics come into it yeah, ex- exactly and you know so you could have a really fascinating or like live action in the way that the jungle book is live action film um that is just all apes all the time and i really fucking hope they do that the 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 thing is that the box office performance has been decent, yeah. But it's not been amazing, and I I wonder whether they might just let it lie for for a bit now and then maybe just do a remake of Planet of the Apes in like five years. Yeah, you could see that. Um, yeah. I think this is this is the year where I think maybe. Everybody last year was going, oh, what a year 2017 is going to be. And then this year, everyone's kind of going, are we getting a bit bored of this now, maybe? There's too many, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, the thing is, I mean, like, Spider-Man Homecoming was a blast and is making money hand mm. over fist. And War for the Planet of the Apes was, was really good. But, like, box office, I mean, I'm, I'm very... I'm surprised. I'm kind of pleasantly surprised, even though it's not my favourite film of the summer, but that Wonder Woman is like the film of the summer mm. and good on it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's fantastic. But there's just been a bunch of other things that have just been a bit... Uh, They're just going to happen. But, but commercially as well, not just critically, but commercially. Mm. Um, and Apes, I, you know, is not going to be down there, but it's... It's the kind of box office performance where another one is not necessarily automatic. Yeah, it's they'll, they'll I think they'll test the water. Mm, I, I, they'll, yeah. they'll, 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 they'll wait until the actual the full fucking um, 
wait and see what the line lies once it's all out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I mean, the, the thing is, I mean, in, in the, the thing I wrote, I mean, I linked to a Deadline article where they were talking about the marketing of the film, maybe positioning it as not a fun time, and that might actually be partially responsible for it. And yeah, I would completely see that. This film... I think is a far better, more interesting film than the film that was being advertised. What I will say though is quite strange is, and I think part of this is uh, there is a, an easy answer to this actually. Um, but I went to see this film at pretty much the same time as I went to see Spider Man last week, mm. um, and it was a lot busier for War for Planet of the Apes than it was for Spider Man. Okay. Um, again, strange thing, War for the Planet of the Apes was in a smaller screen and The Beguiled, which I watched straight afterwards, was in one of the big screens, which was weird. What the fuck, man? Okay, fine. The Beguiled was in, was in one of the biggest screens in the cinema. Yeah, but The Beguiled was in one of the smallest screens in my cinema. That's That doesn't make any sense to me. That's really nope. weird. Um, but yeah, no, I just, it's, I, I, I think it's a, a stunning piece of work. Um, and I, I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised because I was worried going in. Um, even Giacchino, like, who I am really, is really starting to grate on me with his second score in two weeks, has toned down the lost piano. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of him, but I thought it was all right in this. Like what the lost piano. The the the, the, he, he, the score and I'm, I'm I'm not usually a fan of his to be honest. The the, the kind of the tribal, uh, like, kind of stuff worked for me. I really like the 20th Century Fox logo as well. By the way, um, like, did you notice that the kind of like the, oh, the, the apesization of the fox? Yeah, the 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 torn down hue of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean like Dawn for the Planet of the Apes, man. Every single fucking scene of dialogue seem or or just like someone being a bit sad has to have the end of lost piano music. <laughs> like and like there's there's a fucking scene in Dawn where Kerry Russell's kind of saying bye to um Jason Clark and then she says, I'm gonna come with you. And like the piano's just going in the background. It's like, just shut the fuck up, just let them talk. I don't need you to tell me it's a sad moment and it's a bit melancholy. <laughs> yeah, just, it, it, it can be a bit like that. Just fuck off. And the thing is, the Spider-Man Homecoming score is, is quite fun and bouncy. And this, like, the, the apes music is great. And it does seem like there's less of the, the chords every five seconds or so telling you it's sad. Mm. So there you go. Even the score was better. Yeah. And... Yeah. I, I think Rise, for me, is a five-star film. Um, I like... It gets in, it gets out, it gets the job done in like an hour 45. The the bridge battle scene at the end of that film I actually think is better than any action scene in War. Um, if you do yeah. have a complaint for War, I suppose it would be that there's not an awful lot of War. Um, there's, there's not an awful lot of battles, no. No, but, but I, I quite liked that. I, 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 I like that as well. But the film from six years ago has a better action scene than the film from 2017. Um, yeah, but I, I have a feeling that if this film had been made 
two years ago, there'd have been a lot more war in it. Yeah, yeah, probably. And I, I, I like that it is so understated. I mean, th- fuck, man, this will be in my top ten at the end of the year. I'd be stunned if it wasn't top five, to be honest. Mm. So I'm I'm all over it and already counting the days to the 4K. Um, Which will look fucking brilliant. Jesus fucking Christ. Um, but, yeah, it's... Rise is a is a five star film. It's almost like this is a five and a half star film for me. Um, I wouldn't change either of them, but this is a, a this is a more rounded, complete experience. Even though I really like the relationship between Franco and Caesar in the first one, it's great. Yeah, what what did you think of the when I, when the film started? I was watching it because it, it comes up. The film actually quite nicely explains. What essentially happened What's in Rise? Yeah. What's happened in Dawn and what happened here? Um, I like the way that's presented. It was really fucking nice. And then the way it shifts from explaining what, essentially what is going to happen in war mm. um, to then brings up the title of the movie. I was like, it's the little things, but that's fucking cool. I like my big titles. I like you my small like titles. Yeah. It was yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like Logan, like the ti- the the title card for Logan at the um the beginning being quite small and then at the the end it's quite large. I I, I like that as well. Um, I like my big titles. I like my small titles. I don't like my medium titles. <laughs> no. Um, so where are you? Where are you lying? With it? I'm guessing you're definitely not shit. It's fucking awful. Worst film of the year. No, definitely <laughs> not shit. Five, a, a five star fucking banger. Uh, yeah, I, I I'm, I'm definitely not shit. I was I was a little bit worried about it that it might go a little bit too bombastic and it doesn't it, it's the opposite it's it's a very bleak movie but in a incredibly watchable way um i i, I thoroughly enjoyed it yeah i mean it's not misery porn or anything it's just, no it's it, 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 no it's really really not actually no it's it, it's just it really makes you feel for the people in it <laughs> He led he led them to their, their promised land and shit. He got to tell Cornelius I love you, you know, like when he rescued him from the cage and whatnot, and you know, like fucking brilliant. Yeah. Like R.I.P. Caesar. Yeah. Uh our audience poll, uh definitely not shit seventy three percent. Good. Touching cloth nine percent mm-hmm. and shit eighteen percent. How many votes do we have? Uh, 11 on that. Right, okay, so it's more than Dan Orty fucking with us then. Yeah, it's more than Dan Orty fucking with us. Right, okay. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, go on then, what have you been watching? Mate, got... fucking... Where the f- shit do we start, though? That's the... Right. I'm, I'm a little bit like that, because I've got quite a few. Yeah, okay. Um, maybe... I'm, 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 I'm going to speed round some of them now. Yeah, I'm going to totally fucking speed round. All right, let's do this. Um... Right, let me just, sorry, let me just bring him up. Uh, oh, fuck's sake. Uh, diary, not films. Um, I do like you letterboxed out, but you're not the most intuitive thing in the world. Um, oh, right, so I mean, I, I watched Captain America Civil War, but you know, it's Captain America Civil War. It's fucking brilliant. I love that film. Um, uh, Tony Erdman. Um, so, oh, yeah, you watched this, didn't you? Yeah. yeah, two hour, 40 minute long German comedy nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. It's on Amazon Prime. It's uh, it's good. It is too long. Um, it, it just factually is too long. Um, but it's, it's a got mini series. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got what could accurately be described as it was on the Film Junk podcast as a comedic jump scare. 
which is quite an interesting thing. But there is a moment where someone turns around where I kind of shit myself. Uh, and, but it's funny. Um, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, it, I, I, very cringy. I literally had to stop watching at one point because it was so cringy. Um, the Hollywood remake will not be as good and I think we'll probably miss the point. Um, but I, I'm kind of interested to see Jack Nicholson take on that particular character. Is that um, who's playing it? Sorry? Is that who's cast? Yeah, uh, well, Nicholson and Kristen Wiig. Um, Amy Poe... Uh, no, no, Lena Dunham's co-writing it. So we'll see how that turns out. Mm, it, 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 it's, it's either going to be quite entertaining or... Just like brain itchingly annoying. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Um, but no, it's 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 worth a go. It is a commitment. Don't get me wrong, but it's worth a go. Um, rewatch Cabin in the Woods, which is fucking fantastic. Um, that that film is just really really fun. I really like it. So yeah. Bex needs to watch it loads. Yeah, I um, I'm looking forward to the day that um, like Lots watches it because like. I would happily sit there and watch it quite a few times with a, um, you know, she's like probably a good nine or ten years off of that, but will be here in no time at all. Yeah, uh, it will be. Yeah. Um, I watched the original Peter Pan, which is horrifically of its time. Um, <laughs> my word, that film. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like, fucking hell. Um, it, it, it's, it has been a number of years since I watched that film. And um, I, I watched it with Lottie. Um, and, you know, yeah, that, that it's on Disney Life. And it kind of feels like it should come up with a warning at the start saying this was made in 1953 when attitudes were different. Um, what, yeah. what, what, what in particular? The Red it... Man stuff and the fucking song about the re- the, the Red Man is quite something. Um, its opinion about women's place is, uh, is interesting as well. Yes. D- David Lowery is doing the remake. Um, yes, of course, yeah. And I'm really, really up for that. And it's interesting because I was listening to an interview with him. Uh, when he was talking about a ghost story, but mentioned this as well. Didn't mention the original Disney one at all, but he was like... The PJ Hogan version of Peter Pan with Jason Isaacs as Captain Hook. He was like, that's a really fucking good film and I need to try and find a reason to make another version of Peter Pan that is better than that. I now want to watch the PJ Hogan Peter Pan. <laughs> um, so, Zed for Zachariah, um, which is on Netflix. Oh, uh, What did you think of that? Cause I watched it a few, few months ago. Yeah, I liked it less as it went along. Yeah, um, I'm the same as that. Yeah, like... Chris Pine is good. The who is she going to fuck next? <laughs> ness or soap opera ness of the last half hour or so. I could have really have done without. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, uh, three stars. Like it's it's it it's watchable, but I'm glad it's not longer than it was. It, it's almost like one of those ones where I, I'd be saying to somebody, "It's worth watching, but don't bother watching it." Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm I'm yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Um, okay, I've only really got a few left actually. Um, because I've got like so the Planet of the Apes films I've already talked about. Um, I watched The Virgin Suicides and Lost in Translation, but maybe we'll touch on those later. Um, uh, rewatched Logan. Um, did you watch it in Logan Noir? 
No, because um, Noel, like, literally I was about to stick it on when Noel um, WhatsApped me. Um, I think he WhatsApped the ABFM thing. but I think Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, but said, like, you know, uh, maybe don't bother, just watch the full colour version. So I did in glorious 4K, lovely, lovely D- 4K DI, so it looks fantastic. Um, and, yeah, uh, the thing is with Logan, I know exactly the, the, the bits I would cut out. Yeah. And I think if that film was two hours, two hours five, as opposed to two hours 20, I think I'd be giving that thing five stars. As it is, I, I can't. It is too long. Um, I'm looking forward, to, uh, looking forward to my rewatch. I did actually see there was a trailer for the Logan Noir um, on before um, Rise. Uh, not right. Um, Water the Planet Apes, yeah. uh, and I did think, "Fuck, that looks nice." I'll, I'll, to be honest, I think the next time I watch Logan, which I wouldn't be surprised if I watch it again before the end of the year, um, for like kind of like end of year stuff. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if I watched the black and white version then. Yeah, um, it's got it's got a little bit of a of, of a, a almost like a sandy hue in there as well. Which is quite interesting. Okay. And it's not. It, it's not. I can see why he's not just called it a black and white version of it. Okay. Because there, there does appear to be a little bit of. I might have been. I might have been imagining it or anything like that. But they did appear to be like a little bit of a, a hue of sort of sandy colour within it that was there. It's interesting. Okay. All right. You 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 have my interest. Um, I, I'll watch it uh, in next week or so and tell you what you think. So I think. Okay. Please do. Also. Tell me after what um, you know the section where they stay with that family. Yes. Any of the stuff about the dispute they have with the local law enforcement and the like, the water being shut off and all that stuff. Tell me after what that adds to anything. I, I don't think it adds to something, but it it draws them their attention to it draws what's the name's attention to logan being there i think so that's what i remember from it earlier but then again you've watched it more recently right. than me so okay. <laughs> you might have a bearing oh, okay come back to me next week then okay yeah i will be. I'll, I'll, I'll have a look out and see if it adds anything but yeah i, I was a little bit at the time going it's a cool scene but i'm not sure it needs to be there okay fair enough okay um and i watched cars free Oh yeah, um, confession time. Not seen either of the first two Cars movies, and you don't need to. I don't need um, to. That, that's why I've not watched them. <laughs> you never need to watch any of the Cars films. I can now confirm. Um, so yeah, it took Lottie to see Cars three. She was super up for it, and she was fucking. At one point, she was literally finding it more entertaining. There was nobody else in our row, I just want to say this, to crawl under the seats in our row and see what she could find, <laughs> which was rank. Yeah, but it fucking was. Um, like, after, like, the third thing that she found, I was like, right, do you want to go? And she was like, no, no, no. And I was like, okay, stop, stop doing that let's just sit here and watch the film and she she was kind of bored to be honest and i'm not the thing is i'm not surprised because cars 
kids fucking love the merchandise and stuff like that, and they love Mater and all that shite. They, I don't think kids particularly love stories about knowing when the time has come to retire and let the new generation come up instead and you back up the new generation. It's a film about retirement. That, that makes no sense for kids then. And it's for kids. That's the thing. If it was, if it was like a, an original Pixar, where it's like, oh, okay, look, it's obviously like it's obviously for adults, but has some kiddie stuff, like uh, Up, for instance. You know, if it was doing that, fair enough. But it's Cars Free. I, it, it, it's like I, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, the, the like spoiler alert for Cars Free. The message at the end that girls can do, can can perform in a boy's world was something that Lottie was actually like. That she actually said to me at one point, "That girl's doing really well, isn't she?" And I was like, "Yes, she is." You know, and that's that's great. That's and she genuinely said, that that girl car. She said to me, but mm. that's great. You know, and I love that she took that away from it. So there's that, but it's also Owen Wilson like admitting that he he's now too old to compete with these other cars, and instead he's going to be the the, the crew chief. And it's like, well, okay, fine, all right, whatever. It's you know, it's the best one of the Cars films. It's a three out of five. I didn't hate my time watching it. I I genuinely didn't. I am stunned that they actually released it in this form. It, 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 yeah, it, the, let's be honest. The fucking Pixar fucking sheen has gone. It has, yeah. But we'll see what Coco does. Um, uh, makes fucking shitloads of money with merchandising and produces a sequel in three years' time. Even though, also, Coco is going to have a twenty-five minute Frozen short before Coco even starts. Oh what? Yeah, twenty-five minute. Twenty-five minute. Frozen thing that was advertised before the start of Cars 3 as well. Fucking Olaf's Frozen Adventure, I think it's called. Coco? How fucking long is Coco going to be there? Yeah, be... That, well, I'm assuming Coco is like an hour and a half and done. If yeah, that, 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 that seems like they're not very fucking confident in Coco. Yeah, yeah, that straight up seems like they're not very confident in Coco. That, that, that looks like they've gone, oh shit. Are we releasing a film about Mexicans when people hate Mexicans? Uh, shit, are we releasing a film about the Day of the Dead to three-year-olds? Yeah, there is a little bit like, by the way, I don't hate Mexicans. Just no, 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 and I don't hate three-year-olds. In, in the current climate in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas NASCAR, fucking cars going fucking fast, is a little bit easier to sell to, to certain Americans. Indeed. Um, a 25 minute fucking hell yeah it's like 20-25 minutes it's at least 20 minutes I know that so, 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 so that's nearly an hour before you actually get to watch the fucking movie you're going to watch <laughs> then. trailers yeah you may as well just rock if it's a 4 o'clock start you may as well rock up at 5 yeah you may Absurd. as fuck it. And, and am I right in thinking that Frozen 2 um, isn't coming out until 2019-2020 is that yeah, right yeah they'll, they'll, they'll keep that train going so yeah, so that'll be that'll be coming out nearly seven years after the fucking first one. That is that's how long it took them to make three fucking Planet Earth movies. Actually, you know, I'm gonna look this up though because thinking about it, um, Coco, I think, 
doesn't come out over here until January, and Olaf's Frozen Adventure is a Christmas-themed thing. Maybe... Okay, is, it, oh, is, it, is, it, is it... Is it... I've been brought forward, Coco. Um, I remember now. It will be released in 3D theatres, along with Disney Pixar's Coco, on November 22nd, 2017. Yeah. Um, okay, so... So is that everywhere for Coco, then? Because I, I read the other day that Coco is not coming out over here until January, um, and if that's the case, I'm assuming... Yeah, UK, UK cinemas, uh, United States, Canada, November the 22nd, 2017, UK cinemas, January the 19th. Yeah, they, they must be attaching this to some other Disney film that comes out before Christmas in the UK. It's all about like finding a Christmas tradition or something, so it would be mental if, they, if they, that was in January in the UK. Yeah, what, but what the only other Disney thing that's out then is is Star Wars. I can't see them putting it in front of Star Wars. Is there not a Disney like a Disney Animation Studios film coming out um, before Christmas? Then I think so. It kind no. of feels like they're missing a trick there. But then again, I mean, like if Co- if they got Coco in the US, then maybe they don't. That's it. But maybe they're just going. Do you know what? People will watch it anyway. Yeah, people will watch. It. Maybe 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 they're not. That just seems like that seems like a fucking dumping ground. It seems like they've made this movie and gone a little bit like they've gone that this is this is another good dinosaur for us. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I I agree with that. I'm just oh, fuck. I'm trying to. All right, I'll, I'll get back to you. But um, uh, last thing for me um is Dying of the Light. <laughs> yes, which is on Netflix. Which um, is on Netflix. So, uh, it was taken away from Paul Schrader, and I know um, Schrader, Cage, and Yelchin kicked up a fuss at the time. I think it might be a better film for the fact that it got taken away from Schrader, because they've basically, it, it, it's kind of like this really standard revenge thriller about Nicolas Cage trying to, he's a CIA guy who's kind of over the hill, and he's trying to... Um, uh, capture this war criminal who tortured him but is believed dead um, but his mind is going he's got a degenerative brain disease and uh, he kind of teams up with Al- Anton Yelchin who's this younger CIA guy to try and hunt the guy down um, if it was like if if it was Schrader's film it would be two hours long and full of like Cage talking about how his mind is going and you know, how Western civilization is going to shit and it's going to be tied into his degenerative brain disease. With this, it's like 90 minutes and it's basically Cage forgetting shit um, while mm. on the hunt for this guy. And I'll be honest, I didn't hate it. No, I, I didn't hate it uh, at all. Um, what's weird is this was the movie that um, that Nicholas Winding Refn left. Mm. Um, to go make drive. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which is which is a little bit fucking. The thing is, it, it, there's a good story there, and it's not a bad film, you know. And especially in the the current age of Cage, um, it, it it it's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you could you could certainly watch a lot worse. Yeah. Exactly. No, I um, and I thought the was dog. good value as well, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, like three out of five. I'm not. I'm not gonna like go to the mat for it or anything but it's uh it, yeah i enjoyed my time with it yeah i was i was the same i watched on a train i think 
Nice. I watched the full thing in one sitting on a train. After I think I'd watched, I was coming back from my current company's head office, uh, and I'd watched on the way there, um, I'd watched um, Snake Eyes, and I watched this on the way back. Nice. Um, Yeah, and uh, I, I suppose I'll just very briefly mention... Billy Lynn's long halftime walk in 4K 60 frames per second is fucking trippy. It did look trippy, that little bit of what you said, as everything seems to be moving so fucking quick. Like, it's really weird, but there's like a kind of a weird immediacy to it, which is, I'd be up for seeing more in 60 frames per second at home, in all honesty. Um, So, not all the time, but... And to be fair, the way that Billy Lynn's box office performance went and the, the reaction to the 60 frames per second, I I have a feeling this will be the only 60 frame per second 4K disc I ever own. Um, <laughs> but it, it's it's a bit of a trip watching it, to be honest. And you don't have the op- the 4K, you don't have the option of watching it in 24 frames per second. If you want to do that, you'd have to watch the Blu-ray that's in there as well. And then it's kind of like, what's the point? Um, <laughs> but the fucking, seriously, the picture quality is fucking stunning. Yeah, like, it, it's it's a it's something else. Um, but yeah, anyway, moving on. But uh, up to uh, to you. Cool, right? Um, I'll speed round it. Um, rewatch Contagion. Um, nice. is a really good movie. I think yeah. it, it, it's kind of underappreciated. Um, it, it kind of feels a little bit like a lot of Soderbergh movies tend to feel like they feel like a movie that people forget about very quickly. Uh, there's a lot of sort of. Hubris and Razzle tells about them when they first come out and everyone goes how amazing it is and then six months later everyone just kind of forgets that they exist but it's got, you know, it's a hell of a cast and it, I like the fact that it it's not telling the story that you think it's going to tell it's not telling the story about a medical outbreak it's telling the story about how medical outbreaks are kind of worked how the, how the things behind the scenes happen and how they're found out about and how they're dealt with and how all the bureaucracy and red tape is cut through to work out what's going on. And it is almost like when it gets to the point where you go, right, this movie's about to get really fucking interesting. It ends. Mm. And then you realise, but actually it already was really fucking interesting. Yep. But you quite easily, that movie finishes and you go, I could have watched another hour of that. No fucking problem. For sure, but for sure. You know, or I could have watched a fucking sequel, but you know it's never going to happen. But yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really good time. Um, yeah, absolutely. What else have I got? I'm going to try and do them in a sequence because I watched a lot of a certain actors' movies, so I'm going to cover all those in one. Um, we watched Definitely Maybe. We were looking for something to watch a couple of Sundays ago, uh, just flicking through Sky, uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd lost all fucking patience with it. And then when I'm Definitely Maybe, the um, Ryan Reynolds movie, and went, do we want to watch this? Uh, totally expecting both as well and next to go, no. And they went, oh, yeah, all right. I was like, cool, right. Fine, we're rewatching Definitely Maybe. Nice. Never thought I'd say that. <laughs> um, it's fun. It, it, it's it's Ryan Reynolds. Uh, back when only people like me gave a shit about Ryan Reynolds. Um, have you seen? Have you seen this? Definitely, maybe. Um, I can't. Yeah, but I I, t- I would not be able to tell you a fucking thing about it. But it, it's an interesting idea. If the idea is, um, it, it's he's Ryan Reynolds is is. Split is split up from um, 
his wife and the mother of his child, played by um, Abigail Breslin. And he's picking, it's it's his turn to have a fur that, you know, the, the weekend essentially or the few days, midweek, something like that. But it's, it's his turn to have, have it essentially. And he goes to pick her up from school and everyone's, all the parents are all uproar because they had a, uh, because they had a sex ed class. Um, and then uh, you get Abigail Breslin, the character, the dark character, kind of asks him essentially, you know, the question of how did you and my mom get together? And then what we essentially get is him telling the story of how he met his mother in um, like under two hours, not ten fucking series. Um, and it's it's him talking about the fact that he had he's only about actually sort of loved three women and only had three kind of relationships in his life and then he tells the story about these relationships and these people and his daughter's trying to guess which one is her mum which kind of makes you go well, I'm sure they'll have told some stories about them so that kind of gives it away but you kind of get on board with that and then it's about him kind of discovering what he did wrong in the relationships which one he actually cared about etc and things like that so it, it's it, it was a good time rewatching. It's maybe a little bit too long, and it, it can't work out whether it wants to be a romance drama or a comedy. It can't quite work out whether it wants to be a romantic drama or a romantic comedy, and it kind of it fails a little bit on on a few of them. Uh, and Kevin Klein turns up and he's very good, but you get the idea that he'd have been better if he was in it either more or less, sure. one or the other. He's just in it just the wrong amount, um, and yeah. So there's that. So but I, I enjoyed rewatching that. Um, I weirdly because the dog's been watching Disney Channel. I've kind of caught a few Disney Channel, uh, Disney oh, movies. Fuck's sake, movies. So because uh, the dog has been watching the Disney Channel, not Disney I've Channel, watched Disney a movies. few Disney Channel movies. No, no, not Disney Channel movies. Disney movies. So not like, not like fucking. Because the Wednesday dog's Blair's, been watching there. the fucking. I know, I know. That's got, that's... All yeah, right. yeah, that, don't worry, I, I, I'm aware. I so can't I... wait for Noel to hear that. I can't <laughs> fuck. Right, I just, everybody who listens to this just needs to tweet Mark with some sort of reaction to that sentence. <laughs> and I, do you know what? I will take all of it. Yeah. Um, me. But it kind of, it plays into what you were saying. Um, because I started watching Lady and the Tramp with the dog. Mate, my um, fucking gerbil absolutely loves Nick Jr. <laughs> I tell you what, can't get enough. Um, so yeah, watch Lady and the Tramp and that's a fucking horrible movie. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> it's so fucking racist. It's yeah, untrue. Yeah. I'm watching the fucking Siamese cat bit going, really? Yeah. Really? Fucking hell. Sneaky Chinese. Really? Is that where we were at in 1955 America? Oh, yeah, we probably were actually at that. But they're still fucking showing it. <laughs> it's um fucking... I- I didn't have to enter my pin. I didn't have to enter my sky pin to be able to watch that. Just anyone can watch it. This is Disney fucking movies channel. Yeah, don't watch Lady the Tramp. It's fucking horrible. Oh, but um, it's in Cinemascope though. I fucking love that Disney. I fucking love that it's on the Disney. Poster as well. Sorry, it's on the poster as well, presented in Cinemascope. Oh mate, like Disney. Their fucking chunky cinemascope shit they did back in the day. Sleeping Dumbo. Beauty, right? 
Sleeping Beauty kind of seems like it's in that fucking hateful eight fucking aspect ratio. It's yeah. mental. What what I will say oh. is I saw a uh, a still from the Disney Dumbo mm. uh, thing, like a backstage still, and it was uh, it was just of Timber and stood at the back of a train car, and it just the train car just said Casey Junior, and I thought. Ah, oh, fuck, I want to watch that movie now. I really fucking want to watch that movie. <laughs> I cannot believe that I am now A, excited for a fucking Dumbo live-action remake, and I can't believe that I'm excited for Dumbo live-action remake that's directed by fucking Tim Burton. But I am. Um, I also, I watched, we watched uh, Aladdin. Um, weirdly, I watched Aladdin at the cinema when it came out, um, and it came out, and I watched it... Um, I remember going to see it, like, fucking... It came out on my birthday, I think. Um, and I watched it three days running at the cinema because I liked it that much. Uh, I was, like, ten. Um, but, yeah, um, I, 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 controversial. I'm going to get on this now. Um, controversial feelings on Aladdin. Aladdin is a fucking great movie and a, a solid, I think, fucking five out of five movie. Up until... Mm. Aladdin makes his first wish and then from then it just goes off a fucking cliff for me um, I can't remember it enough to yeah. fuck it honestly yeah. I, I was fucking loving it loving it thinking this is fucking brilliant and he makes his first fucking wish and it just goes off a fucking cliff I was like this is shit I am really really not liking this it was five star and then it went to two star for me Wow, really? Yeah, it just it fucking it just goes off, and I was like, "This is just boring shit," and I was fucking loving it. But yeah, um, so yeah, I, that was my two Disney movies that I watched, um, and I think the rest of all the movies I have that I watched. Oh no, I oh yeah, I watched Sound City, uh, a documentary that for some reason I hadn't fucking watched. Oh, the Dave Grohl one. Yeah, yeah, and I I, I was. I got to picking um, Bex up really early. Um, and so I, I thought, right, I'm here like a good 40 minutes early. I can get in like a good half a movie. Um, so I pulled up my iPad and was flicking through and I thought, I can't find anything. And then it came up on Amazon Prime. I flicked through recently added bits. Sound City was on there. I thought, why the fuck haven't I watched that yet? Bang. Hit it on and was like, and then when Bex came out of work, I thought, Shit, no, go back in. Go back in for 40 minutes. Because, I, 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 oh, fuck. And, yeah, it's fucking brilliant. I thought it was really, really good until the last, like, 20 minutes or so, where it's basically, right, now we're going to put this song together. It was a little bit like that, but I kind of, I kind of liked that as well. Like, I, I kind of liked that in the sense that it was... It was showing you like how you know the difference in how music's made from different people, um, and I think a lot of it was helped by the fact that it, it literally was um, uh, it, it was a lot of sort of Dave Grohl's kind of mates that he managed to get in involved in it. So you, you know, of all the people that kind of made uh, albums at Sound City, um, the only ones that were outside of you know his mates were. Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty, and um, and uh, Rick Springfield. Mm. Which, as soon as Rick Springfield started playing, I started thinking, ah, 
hang on a minute. Rick Springfield, you can see there's a massive influence in some of the Foo Fighters stuff in Rick Springfield's music, which I never twigged on, ever, until this. Watch this and went, that kind of makes sense that Dave Grohl um, and what's-his-name would be um, big Rick Springfield fans. Okay, all right. Um, well, I mean, I'm glad that you... Uh... I'm glad you enjoyed it that much. I'm, yeah, I, um, yeah, okay. I I I really liked it. Uh, and you had um, oh, fuck, I can never remember his name. Drummer from Audio Slave Against Rage Against the Machine, uh, and I can never remember his fucking name. Oh, Brad Wink. Um, uh, him. He said a very interesting thing about music, which I think you can actually um, translate to movies. In that he was saying that uh, it took him until like his. Um, mid to late 20s to realise that um, what's really fucking cool is not just listening to the music that you like, but going back and listening to the the music that you like, listening to the people that influenced them and then listening to people that influenced them and then going back and it gives you all of this fucking great fucking music because you'll listen to a band that you really fucking like and you'll go, oh, I wonder... who actually they fucking listened to and then I wonder who they listened to and I wonder who they fucking listened to and it didn't open up your eyes to that and it kind of made me go do you know what that's the way that we used to approach movies and I think that that's kind of been lost a little bit and I don't think I do that enough um, in the sense that you know I fell in love very early on with Scorsese movies and have I watched enough you know, French fucking New Wave, the, an Italian uh, noir cinema that influenced Scorsese. Probably not. I've watched a bit, but am I delved fucking deep enough into it? Um, probably not. And it can be good. You know what? I, I need to make a bit more of a conscious effort to kind of to look for that shit and to look at the filmmakers that I love and go right. What the fuck do they love? Not just not just sort of go back and watch the choice movies that I want to watch and stuff like that. So that was pretty fucking cool that came from that. But it was a thoroughly enjoyable um, doc, actually. I really, I really dug that. Um, right. Um, rewatched Inferno. Um, Which one? Inferno, the... Um, Ron Dan Howard? Brown. Yeah, Ron Howard movie. Good, okay. Inter- interesting. You're the only person on planet Earth who's done that. How was yes. that for you? I enjoyed it. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. It's fun. It's throwaway. It's it's bullshitty. But I enjoyed spending time with Tom Hanks and Felicity Jones. You know, Tom Hanks, the great screen person to spend time with, which I'm going to go over in a minute. Um, and Felicity Jones is is adorable. So there you go. And okay. she's a bit unhinged in this. So adorable and unhinged are fucking like catnip for me. So, yeah. I, oh, I, that's I, a good point, actually. Fuck, yeah, that is in your zone, isn't it? <laughs> it is, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so I also uh, rewatched Dragnet. Oh, nice. Uh, which is fucking great. It's such a... Dan Aykroyd is doing some interesting shit in Dragnet. <laughs> It's all I can say. I'm not to talk too much about it because there's not that much going on with Dragnet. But Tom, but Tom Hanks is essentially just kind of being Tom Hanks in the background. But Dan Aykroyd is, is doing some interesting shit in that movie. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, um, also, rewatched Sleeps in Seattle. Um, okay. That movie. Um, fuck. If that movie was released now, there would be riots. <laughs> <laughs> is what I would 
would say there would be fucking riots if that movie was released now. It's a fun movie, is Sleepers in Seattle. It's a, to be very much of its time, Tom Hanks and Ryan are both great in it, but yeah, um, fuck, man. <laughs> glad that movie was released when it was and it can be enjoyed but it it, it, it is something that I think if you brought up in certain company now and they went oh yeah I, I really enjoyed that you go yeah fucking rewatch it again just rewatch it and see see if you enjoy it again <laughs> so um did you watch Joe versus the volcano next I did watch Joe versus the volcano but, yeah <laughs> Joe versus the volcano that wasn't re- rehearsed guys by the way no. Joe versus the volcano is fucking brilliant. Nice. You've, you've seen Joe versus the volcano, haven't you? Um, like years ago, yeah. Rewatch it. Honestly, fucking rewatch it because I remember kind of enjoying it, but it's been a bit throwaway. It's not. It's fucking brilliant. Mm. Um, yeah, Meg Ryan playing three different characters, all of which are adorable in their own unique ways. Um. Tom Hanks, yeah, as Joe Banks in this almost weird kind of Gilliam fucking Kafka, but then morphs into fucking some weird rom-com. Um, it, it, it's bizarre and brilliant in so many fucking ways. Um, yeah, the, the in buying cases, and the cases just keep coming back to end up saving his life. Um it's such a weird fucking movie. It's so weird. Um, yeah, but I, honestly, I'd, I, I would I would rewatch it if I were you because this it's quite brilliant. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, I, was, I, was, I was quite I was quite taken by my rewatch of Joe versus the Volcano. Good stuff. Okay, let's guess. Did you watch any other Tom Hanks? I did. Yeah, two okay. more. Oh fuck! I need to guess. The One's burps. less obvious. No, it wasn't the, it wasn't the burps. Uh, and it, uh, I haven't watched Bonfire the Vanities yet. Okay. One's an obvious one, um, and one's not as obvious. What genre are we talking about? Outright comedy mm. and dramatic comedy. Splash. Nope. Fuck. Oh, I'm gonna have one more but go. Two, two guesses left. Uh, For either of them, it feels like pointless. This, this is interesting. Um, Charlie Wilson's War. No, no, both old Hot Hanks. Oh, fuck's sake! Right. Okay. Turner and Hooch. Nope, there was. Fuck's sake! Right, Forrest Gump. Yeah. Which I'll talk about now. Um, I, I rewatched Forrest Gump a couple of, about a year or so ago, and about two, a couple of years ago actually. Um, and I, I, I kind of, I talked myself out of Forrest Gump uh, into saying that I, it was a little bit schmaltzy and not really that great and like that. And I rewatched it a couple of years ago and was like, oh no, it's fucking incredibly black comedy and quite bleak and quite dark in the fact that. There's a bit where he's talking about his um, where his name comes from, and you find out that he's that he's talking about it, and, he, and he's explaining it, saying, you know, I, and he, you know, it's from Forrest Benjamin Company. You know, he he was, you know, he formed this club where he used to run about with sheets over their heads, and it, it's showing you footage of the, the clan, and he's he's telling this story 
to somebody that he's met on a bench at a bus stop who happens to be a black nurse. And it's from that, that's literally the opening gambit of the movie. And then it just gets, it, it continues that dark vein throughout. Mm. Um, and so I, I wanted to really show it to, to Bex because she was of the opinion that I used to be of, of it. Um, and then she rewatched it with me and said, actually, yeah, it is a good movie. I'm now at the point where I'm very much where if you ever sort of, if ever I'm in the vicinity of somebody where they go, oh yeah, but can you believe that Forrest Gump won an Oscar over? And they get to that point and then I'd be like beating them mercilessly saying, it's a fucking great fucking movie. Because it is, it's a fucking great movie. Um, so yeah, I watched that again, still thoroughly enjoy that. But the other one was The Money Pit. The Money Pit, right. Okay, okay. Again, have you seen this one? Well, the money pit. Um, yeah. Again, a while. A ago. while ago. Um, it's what I would say. There is. Um, it was on Sky. I think I watched it on Sky on demand. I think if it crops up on Netflix or uh, Prime, and you're in the mood for a bit of a silly comedy, it's worth throwing on for like a treadmill movie or a um, a train to work movie. All about the treadmill and train to work movies, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if it drops up on one of those, it's worth throwing on for that if you're in the mood for a comedy. Um, it's great. Tom Hanks and Shelley Long buy a house that's too good to be fucking true um, and then quickly learn that it's just falling apart and just everything just keeps going fucking wrong. There's a great bit where when they first open the door, the door handle comes off and then the door comes off and then he fixes the door, puts the door back in, opens it and is like, yeah, I fucking fix this. Then he closes it, and then the whole fucking front of the <laughs> of the porch just falls down, and he's just holding the door handle. Um, yeah, and then just things keep getting worse and worse and worse for them. And it's yeah, it, it's it's only an hour and a half long, but it's there's there's enough comedy in there. Um, a great little cameo from um, Joe Martinet, uh who turns up and is there for like literally a minute and then leaves. But does great work. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that was that was it. So yeah, a couple of weeks worth of watching, but a lot of Tom Hanks. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough, man. Good on you. What what inspired that? Um, me and Bex occasionally will have like a, a Sunday off where we've got um, we've got now to do. So it was the Sunday where um, we weren't recording um, until the Wednesday because we were doing. Spider-Man and Noel wasn't available on the Sunday. So I knew I wasn't seeing the movies then. There's no football on, so I wasn't podcasting. So we went, right, what do you want to do? Do you know what? All I want to do is get some food in and just spend the entire day just sat and have a fucking movie day and we'll just blast through a few movies. And we go, right, all right, if we're doing that, we need to pick the movies before so we don't spend three fucking hours of the day trying to decide what to watch because now there is just too much fucking choice. To watch stuff because we've got Sky, the movies we've got on Blu-ray still, Netflix, Prime. There's just so much. So we'll narrow it down and go right, theme it, and so we'll go right. We're either going to watch Keanu Reeves movies, Ashley fucking Judd movies, Tom Hanks movies. There we fucking go, and then it narrows it down, and you're literally going right that one, that one, that one, that one. And we'll only watch ones that are available on either Prime, Netflix, or Sky. There you go. Okay, I approve. And it, it just it just it helps you go right that first that then that then that boom done. Nice. Um, 
I think we might have to fuck off peaks again. I think we might have to, yeah. We might have a triple bill of peaks next week then. Oh, Christ, I'm going to forget the, the one from the bloody, the, the first the first week. Jesus. What are we actually recording next? Are we doing a, are we doing Sunday? Oh, actually, Sunday, 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 actually, no, Sunday's bad for me. Um, Sunday's bad for me because I, I literally, from, from Friday morning, when Dunkirk fucking comes out, I am on 12-hour shifts until fucking Tuesday. Okay, all right. So, all right, yeah, triple banger peaks next week. We're not going to have nearly as much what we've been watching anyway, and it's only going to be one review next week, so we can probably get a swivel on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, cool. Okay, sorry. Right. Um, the Beguiled, uh, the new film from Sofia Coppola, uh, which stars Colin Farrell, but then more importantly, it stars Nicole Kidman, Kirsten Dunst, Elle Fanning. Um, I'm going to get a drink, sorry. Just um, do the synopsis, I'll be right back. Yeah, uh, Anagari uh, Rice and Una Lawrence, who I remember from something, but I can't remember what I remember her from, so I'm going to check now while I keep wittering. It was, she was in Southpaw, that was it. Knew I recognised her from something. Um yeah, so The Beguiled uh, is set in uh, Virginia during the American Civil War, uh, a few years in the American Civil War, uh, in 1864. Um, if you're in the American Civil War, you might know how many years that is. I don't. Um, and you've got uh, Nicole Kidman uh, plays uh, Miss Farnsworth. She uh, runs a seminary, um, has a few girls remaining there. One of them, uh, Amy is out picking mushrooms and stumbles upon Yankee um, deserter Colin Farrell, who is in his leg, and brings him back to the uh, seminary where they take him in and decide that they're going to wait until he's a little bit better um, so that he will survive being imprisoned by uh, the Confederates. And then things kind of things kind of happen and tensions arise. Um, Ian, um, thoughts on The Beguiled? Uh, first things first on it, um, the aspect ratio. <laughs> one six six to one, mm. I believe. Yeah, it is one six six to one. Yeah, it's a, mm. it's a good, it's a good aspect ratio, that. Now, the thing is, it, I think it very much helps in the the kind of the claustrophobic um, nature of of the film. You know, it 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 makes everything look like it's within a smaller space than it actually is, which I think, given the nature of 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 the plot, is uh, is pretty appropriate. Um, yeah, I was a fan of the aspect ratio. Seemed. I felt the framing looked a little bit wonky, but I think that's down to Cineworld's projection standards not being great uh, more than more than anything else. Um, wonky in terms of like the verticality of it didn't seem perfectly straight to me. Um, yeah, it's not often you see the absolute edge of a frame on screen because um, yeah, it, it, you know if if you're doing one eight five to one or or, um, or longer then there's um you, you know you don't really see the the black bars on the left or right at all so it, it almost kind of masks that a bit how, how does it look for you it took me a while i get used to it, to be honest um part of that could have been because i literally i'd gone straight in from um watching else in the cinema to watching that in the cinema so i think that could have an effect um so it was 
at first when it started, I was a little bit like when the um, the oh fucking hell was it? Was it Fox Searchlight? Uh, focus, focus features. features yeah. When the focus features thing came off, I thought, "Fuck, are they, are they fucking showing this in the wrong ratio? I'm gonna have to go and fucking kick off." And then when the film started, I was like, "No, they're clearly not." But clearly not. It's just it's in one six six. Can I ask? Sorry, um, just a slight thing. Do they bother doing any anything with the masking in in the screen that you you watch this with, or do they just have the masking out like wide as possible and then just no. let the the fucking image like fit fill the borders itself? Uh, the, the, the masking was yeah as wide as it was. Yeah, because yeah, that that's the thing. I mean, like you'll you'll see. A definite line of black, yeah, and then like on the left and the right, and then it kind of cut in. As long yeah. as you see that definite line of black, then that aspect ratio is is probably right. It's just like death. It's a one six six to one within a one eight five to one frame because yeah. the, the 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 projector preset will be for one eight five to one. Sorry, yeah, yeah, no, that, that that was it. So I, I was a little bit like. Straight away, I was like, "All right, it's a it's a stylistic choice. That's fine. I'm okay with that." Then, as the movie got to go on, I thought she used the framing quite well within the movie. Um, it was clearly a, it, it was it was clearly conceived like that and shot like that. It wasn't something that came up halfway through. Um, but yeah, so Karen, go on. What do you think of the actual movie itself? Oh no, but yeah, no, the the film itself. Um, I thought it was I, I thought it was interesting. Um. It's not going to be in like my my um, top ten films of the year, um, but uh, and, and unless we have a bad end of year, um, but I I enjoyed my time with it. It's more for kind of individual moments than the film as a whole. But I enjoyed those individual moments. I think there are shots in here which are fucking amazing. Um, just in terms of a like art point of view, there's an image of uh, two men on a horse uh, on horses disappearing into mist, where it just looks like they're ghosts. Um, yeah. And the last shot of the film almost looks like you're looking at an old photo of ghosts in front of a house, um, as well. Which I thought was like that last shot. The the way that it. Um, it, it's kind of it's pushing in, but at the set like into the gate. But at the same time, it doesn't look like it's getting any closer to the girls. Mm. Like it's doing a weird push pull thing with the perspective of the the gate to the girls. Um, like it was really really clever. I thought like really well done, um, and I. You know, I mean, it actually got a vocal reaction out of me at one point. Um, the 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 littlest girl, the one who finds him. Yeah, I was I I really liked her character because she doesn't really have any ulterior motives, mm. um, and all the other ones kind of seem to have something else going on. But that girl is just a nice girl, and when she gave Colin Farrell her tortoise or turtle. And he threw it. I actually said out loud, oh no, don't do that. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I kind of caught myself, just like, why the fuck am I saying that? And it's because that girl is scared and 
she liked Colin Farrell, and this is a side she hadn't seen of him. Whereas the the other girls there, there's something else going on. I'm I'm intrigued. I I I want to see. I want to watch this again. I'll say that. Um, but it, it, I don't think I don't think it's a perfect film. But yeah, go on, go on, bud. I wasn't a fan. Okay, all right, fair enough. That's fair enough. That's the fair weird enough. thing is with it is I can see I can see why people would like the beguile. I can see why people would get on with the beguile. I can see why people don't like would not get on with it. So, but, yeah. but for me, it it felt messy, quite messy in, in the sense that not a lot seemed to actually happen. And I think the movie that I, I was watching going. Right, so which one isn't quite what they seem? Who's gonna be? Who's gonna do what? And it's like that. And then it when it kind of went, I was like, all right, it, is is this it? No, something else can happen. It's gonna be summer. There's gonna be summer. Nope, nope. This is it. Okay. Oh, right. It's ended. Brilliant. I was I was just a little bit like that, and it, it just <sighs> I kind of wanted a little bit more. Which I can see why, like I say, I can see why people would have been put off by more. Uh, uh, I think that it's a it, there's interesting things happening directorially. I can see what 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 she's going for. It's just it didn't land with me, and I I, I have a bit of a, a a hit or miss thing with with Sofia Coppola on a whole, to be honest. Um, in the sense that I I enjoy some of her movies, but I just I don't like others. I don't like her style in some of them. I don't like, I think, I don't like her period pieces. Okay. Is what I'd say in that. It's interesting because this is a film that does feel like a companion uh, piece to The Virgin Suicides. It does, yeah. And I I, I didn't get on very well with Virgin Suicides. Um, Bex loved it. And Isabel watched it with Becky uh, the other day and she really liked it. Um but I didn't. I, I just. I didn't. I've never got on with Virgin Suicides. Yeah, I mean, I. I. I like that film. The thing that bothers me about it is is that w- weirdly it's framed by men talking about them, mm. and you know. All right, and thinking I, that that's it's just it's, it's Giovanni Ribisi narrated that. Yes, correct. Thought it was. I'm. You know, I'm not the wokest person in the world. But it feels very, very odd that a film that is so feminine, at the end of it, is talking about how they affected the lives of these guys, and mm. I, I there's there's a disconnect there. That if that if that film was made now, holy fuck, mm. holy fuck, would that not be re- received well? Um, but yeah, I. The thing is. That movie, that, that movie would be very different as made now. What with the fact that fucking can you imagine James Woods getting cast in that movie now? Oh my god, yeah, right, Jesus Christ, what a horrible cunt he's become. Yes, well, cool. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, th- th- the thing is with the beguiled is that it's from a technical perspective that I like it more than what the film is actually doing story-wise. It's 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 the shots that I like, um, and it's the little moments in Colin Farrell's performance, and the fact that 
he's not an evil guy. He's just a bloke. Who yeah, I don't. Yeah, that that's it. I, I, I think not that, a nice guy, <laughs> you know. But that's it. I don't whether they quite go. You know, he he reacts quite badly to getting his look, but then he's apologising for it with the way he's reacted and kind of trying to calm himself down. But then you're thinking, but then you were fucking a seventeen year old girl, so you're not. I I either I, I'd like them to have either just gone a little bit full dick dickhead with him I don't think they went full dickhead enough with him I think he just he just he became a little bit of a messy kind of character and they all but is that not more is that not more interesting than him going full dickhead though no I'd preferred full dickhead by that point by that point I wanted something because none of them were interesting enough nobody that was it the film was vaguely interesting enough None of the fucking characters were interesting. Yeah, like I, said, okay. like I, said, the, the, I can see that. The, 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 you know, the aspiration, the framing, the whole, the, the shot, the mood, everything was interesting, was nice, but not a fucking single character was it was interesting because I don't think a single character was formed enough. You know, he turns around and says to, you know, he's, he's clearly playing... Um, Cursing Dunn's Dunks. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's clearly playing her, but for what end? Does he know something that we don't about her? Because I, do, I don't see what what he achieves out of it, out of playing her. It'd be, it'd be more sense playing Nicole Kidman. And he quite easily, you get the feeling that he quite easily could have played her quite, just as easy as it was Kirsten Dunst. And she would have been the better one to pick. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it feels to me like he's just enjoying fucking with them. Mm, But he doesn't fuck with them enough. He fucks with Kirsten Dunst plenty, I think. He fucks with Kirsten Dunst a little bit, but not enough for me. Oh, dude, come Uh. on. I mean, like, when when he says, I love you, and she's like, don't say that, and... Yeah, but but, but as soon as you said that, it made me go, you fucking dumbass, you deserve everything that happens to you, and then not enough happens to her. Yeah, okay, that's, that's... But the thing is, there's a lot of shit unsaid here, though. Like, there are multiple readings I think you could do of the instant aftermath of him going down the stairs and what yeah. happens there. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to re-watch the film to kind of get a sense of that. And, I mean, uh, fucking, um, Jesus Christ, Elle Fanning. She's not given an awful lot to do here. But, but... that's Elle Fanning's thing. She plays that character pretty much all of the time now. Well, yeah, yes, okay. Well, I mean, to be fair, she's played that character in this and Neon Demon. I, I always find that it would be a little bit like that float, like, like, like you look at her going, you're not all there. You're all, I always get a feeling with Elfine, like she's not all there. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's... Like I say, I mean, I want to I wanna watch it again because I, I, I want to kind of like now knowing what happens in the film, I want to watch the character dynamics more. And hmm. I, I mean, the, the scene where Colin Farrell is just drunk, horny guy is, I, I you know, there's an, there's a streak of black comedy running through this film, which I really enjoy. Um, but then also, like I say, the moment with the turtle, 
I was like, I oh, don't do that. You know, like it, it I, just... I think at that moment my brain went, it's gonna dick move. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, like, I it got an audible reaction out of me. You know, War for the Planet of the Apes didn't get an audible reaction out of me. That did, and I even though War for the Planet of the Apes practically had me crying, so I suppose there's that. But it's the fact that it got something out of me, which a lot of films don't, and I think it was because I was into their little relationship. You know, and, and you know, just the way that the, the slightly bigger girl when they're eating dinner and they're they're talking about the apple pie, and she was like. I like apple pie too. And he's like, oh, do you now? You know, like, yeah, like, yeah. Well, he just kind of says, oh, fuck off. But in like the nicest way possible. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 he, he don't give a shit about her. Yeah, no, exactly. And then the, the kind of the reaction, like I think like, I, either Dunstall or Kidman, there's like a shot of them after kind of like like smiling at that. And I, I enjoyed those moments. The film as a whole, like I say, I, you know, it's not Sofia Coppola's best film by a long chalk. But... I think it's. I I thought it was a very watchable film, and I enjoyed. I enjoyed the mood of the piece and the atmosphere of the piece, like you say. It just it sounds like, I. Was, into it more than you were. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I think the, the, you got more of a connection with the characters than I did, and that's it. I can completely get that with people. It's, it's not a film. I don't. I, I definitely don't think it's shit. It's it's, it's not a definite shit. I'm touching cloth on it. Okay. Um, it could go either way. Um, the next time I watch, because I will watch it again. I'll watch it with Bex when it comes uh, it comes out. Um, but I I, I like that. I think by that point I'll either be no. I think this is a bit shit for me. In my view, it'll be a bit shit. Mm. But not. It's not one where somebody says, "Oh, the gallon was fantastic." I'll go. Well, no, it's not actually shit. I will argue with them. Uh, if somebody puts it at the fucking top of their years list, I'll be like, "Really? Did, did how many movies did you watch?" Um, yeah. But because there's not there's, there's there's not enough goes on in this movie. I don't see how anyone could could think enough goes on to make it a a great movie. I can I can see why she won Best Direction at Cannes though. I, I can see why she won Best Direction at Cannes. Okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah, it's what I'd say there. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm touching cloth on it. I'm, I'm guessing you're definitely not shit on it. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, our audience views, um, definitely not shit, 25%. Touching cloth, fifty percent, and shit, twenty five percent. Did we have four votes? We had four votes. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> so yeah, so that's highly comprehensive. Um, so uh, one question, I believe, but do we have one from last week as well? No, we answered the one from last week. Actually, we answered it during the show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one this week, uh, Andrew Jones, uh, Ethan runs. If you can watch Dunkirk in any format, why is the right answer on Netflix in three years' time? It's not. It's, it's not. if it's financially feasible for you to see it in seventy millimetre IMAX, then great. Yeah. The 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 best way of seeing it financially for you is the best way to see it. Yeah. So I will be seeing it in Ooh, Dolby Atmos. Yeah. At Cineworld Super Screen. Is that digitally projected? Yes. Now the thing is, uh, I I realise the time. I'll be quick. No, that's fine. Right. So 
IMAX. Yep. If it's digital IMAX, which apparently, if it's not IMAX Xenon, then you're not going to be getting the IMAX version, which actually fills the screen during the filling the screenshots. So my question would be, why the fuck are you watching it in IMAX then? Yeah. Um, because it's just a big screen in that case. When it's not even filling the frame, it's just a big screen. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I think like the thing is, I was going to go and see it in fake IMAX at the Cardiff Odeon because I thought at least that those shots would be filling the screen. Apparently not. So I'm not going to waste my money. With my unlimited card, it's going to cost me £2.25 to go and see it in Dolby Atmos. That's what I'm fucking doing. Yeah. I'm going to see it. Um, I would. I, I, I. Well, thing is, I'm going to see it on Friday night. Uh, Bex is out on Friday night. I'm at work from eight in the morning until eight at night. I'm literally leaving work and driving straight into town, and I'm going to watch it on thirty-five mil. Oh, sweet! Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Where's that to? Uh, city screen in oh, York. Good for you. Oh, it's right on thirty-five mil, which is which is kind of like special to me because of my absolute love for film. Love it. The actual thing, film. Um, I am already in my mind going. If I if I really 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 fucking like it, I've got the weekend after off work, and I'm contemplating if it's still playing an IMAX seventy mil, possibly going to see him an IMAX seventy mil. But then I'm also saying to myself, right, but that's going to cost you twenty five quid for a ticket. And like thirty quid in petrol, um, and then the whole fucking thing's probably going to cost you another twenty quid on top of that or whatever. So I'm looking at right, being reasonable. Do I really want to spend a hundred pounds on watching a movie twice in a in a week? That, I mean that that that's exactly it. It's like literally the because I was. We, we, we were, we, unfortunately, my work fucked this up. Uh, I fucked this up actually with my work, not my work's fault, my fault. We were all going to meet up in Manchester to watch it on the 70 mil IMAX, mm. but I, I'm unfortunately working the entire weekend. And the thing is, I would have happily paid it to go that because it wouldn't have just been going to see the movie. It would have been a catch up with yourself and no, yeah. and that had been part of it. And I'd happily pay £100 for, for, for that fucking Agreed. pleasure. Same. There. But. I would probably sort of say, no, you're going to be around. I'm going to come in and watch this and, and catch up and say hello, etc. and do that. So I, I, I get that, and I'm always happy to do that. But I am also looking at it going, right. Now, money's not, not, money's not an issue for me, but it's also not, not an issue for yeah. me. Um, and so I, I, I need to... I, I'm looking at it going, I, I could spend that near 85 quid on, on something else. <laughs> I I could take the girls out for the fucking day uh, rather than going right I'm going to go to Manchester and watch this movie that I've already seen again because I'm a snob uh, yeah so it's that um, yeah but I am very much looking forward to seeing it in 35 mil uh, what I would, must um, commend uh, City Screen on is while, when they're list when they've listed it um, Dunkirk being shown they're listing and they're saying what screening you'll be seeing. So they're listing it twice. Okay. So there's the digital listing mm. and the 35mm listing as well. Doesn't cost any more, does it? No, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, so that, that's that's pretty fucking cool. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to that. 
I want my immersive audio. I'm I'm happy enough with that. Friday yeah. evening, can't fucking wait. Which which will be quite interesting to see, you know, how how we both come at it from different sides because you're watching it in the the best digital format you can see it in, and I'm watching it in the best film format I can see it in, which is quite cool. Um, I really need a wee. So right, um, so we're covering so we're covering Dunkirk next week. For sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, the Patreon, please, uh, if you would like to, um, then sign up for that uh, I will announce in the next few days what show I'm going to be doing on it uh, it will be a minimum of those uh, for it minimum. for sure yeah. we may throw the stuff on there mm-hmm. uh, so you did be prepared for that thanks um, to Steve again thank you very much Steve yes uh, and look forward to whatever you're going to fucking throw at us with the commentary yeah. um, uh, doodlemonkey.com there will be more writing happening on that I'm getting back on board I think Ian's liking getting back on board with that so yeah, that will be growing from there uh, we will come to Twin Peaks next week we promise yeah. uh, as well as Dunkirk and what we've been watching uh, at Ian Loring at Dude Fars at Dude and the Monkey dudeandthemonkey.gmail.com uh, thank you very much for listening we shall speak to you next week bye bye